You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane, and Brian. What's up, 49ers faithful? We are back with another episode of the 49ers web zone No Huddle Podcast. We got Brian. We got Al. I'm Zane. And I finally get to do an intro because it is a victory podcast. Man, is there anything that gets the Niners right better than the Los Angeles Ram. I mean, it just it, like clockwork. Every time the sky is falling and we think this team is dead in the water, they'll have a, a terrible performance the previous week and they come again out against the Rams and they play as good of at least a half of football, the second half, as I've seen them play the entire year, all three phases, offense, defense, special teams. Jimmy has looked the best I've seen him look ever. Frankly, I have not seen him look better than he looked today. Christian McCaffrey, instant offense. I can't wait to talk about that. But guys, let's unpack this. Just a really, really fun win today. It was it was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, listen, I, I don't I I'm not here to try and take too much credit because I'm not, but I am. These arrived on Friday. It's my new game day kicks. So I oh, rocked these nice. today. And I don't think it's a I, I don't think it's a coincidence that uh the offense put up 31 points today. So like I said, not trying to take too much uh, too much credit, but uh, my dope Jordan ones arrived on Friday, and uh, hey, thirty one fourteen. Here we go, Brian Rennick. So I appreciate that. For those who can't see, Brian Rennick is head to toe in red and gold right now. Forty nine ers. Oh hat, yeah, I'm forty nine ers looking sneakers. He's got the was that Vernon Day- George Kittle? I was Vernon. That's Davis. Kittle. Yeah, Kittle George Kittle jersey on. Both eighty five. It's all good. You can't go wrong either That's right. way. Yeah, no, That's right. nothing, nothing, nothing cures the 49ers ills like like playing the Rams. And look, you know, I didn't want to say that they were going to win the game like this, but in the back of my mind, I, I, 
kind of knew it was going to happen. And I don't want to like talk too much trash because they did lose in the NFC championship game to them, but it's just been complete ownage of this <laughs> Ram team for the last what four years. What is it? Eight in a row yeah. now. And yeah. today was, and, I, and we'll get into the specific performances, but it was kind of typical. It was close. And, and then in the end, the 49ers just, just own them, just absolutely own them. The Rams are, ter- I think the Rams stink. I think they're really bad. They may turn it around, but you're talking 118 points in seven games for them now. They can't run the ball ever. They had 21 carries for 56 yards today. I thought Van Jefferson coming back might help a little bit, but it didn't. didn't even target Did he him. play in this game? I saw him out there, but he wasn't <laughs> targeted at all. Um, you know, Higby gets banged up early, but they just looked, yeah, if Cup's not doing anything, it doesn't, this team just can't, can't do anything. So, yeah, today I do. I kind of want to, you know, we all hate the Rams, and I kind of just want to, or salt in the wounds today. It just felt like, yeah, you know what? Your team's a joke. Like every time you come up against the Niners, it's just the same stuff. You can't beat them. And I know they beat them in the NFC championship game. So if you're a Rams fan listening to this, you're probably like, shut up, Al. But listen, the Niners just owned it. And we'll talk, like I said, there's a couple guys I really want to highlight today, but listen, it is, it was a good win for the team. You know what this team did? <clears throat> and it feels like the it's the first time that they've done it all season. You know what they did? They made adjustments. And I was mm-hmm. so proud of them. I was so proud. I was like, look, guys, we just let's do something out of our comfort zone. I tweeted this. Let's get out of our comfort zone. Let's make some adjustments, right? Let's not just try and stick to the same thing. And I'll tell you what, man, they came out in the second half and the adjustments that D'Amico Ryan's made at halftime to combat that quick passing game that really was, you know, owning the defense in the first half, uh, just a thing of beauty. And then. I don't know that the offense made a ton of adjustments, but I do think that Kyle Shanahan, even, I mean, obviously Christian McCaffrey, the the passing touchdown, Shanahan was in his bag a little bit. Uh, I believe that is the same exact play that they ran against them in week 18 last year, except instead of Debo throwing it to Jennings, it was McCaffrey throwing it to Ayuk. But at, they, it just, it was a game. This is a game that you expect this team to have. Right. This is a game where you go up against an opponent that is arguably inferior. Right. You're still the the Rams are still the defending Super Bowl champions. Let's give them their flowers. They look nothing like they did last year. Right. And so there is that there's there is that. But that team still has Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald on the defensive side of the ball. It still has Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson and Van Jefferson and Tyler Higby. It is an offense that that should you know, it should be good. Uh, they cannot run the ball, which has made them one-dimensional and has made it difficult for them to to be good. But this is a, a game that that you would hope to see from from a team like the 49ers, even with the injuries that they have. So it was just nice to see. Yeah, it was a game when he when Caffrey threw the pass to uh for the touchdown to Ayuk. I said, finally, finally yeah. something creative. You yeah. know, it's what we've been saying forever. Mm-hmm. Just do something. Something funky. I always go back to that Saints game when they were when you know they were throwing passes like that and the pitch to use check. Just Kyle pull something out, and he did finally, and it was great to see, and it was it was exciting. And I guess I want to transition into McCaffrey here because we'd be nuts if we didn't make him. <laughs> I mean, you you have we always talk about the talent on this team, but Debo had a lot of Superman games last year. But other than that, like you're waiting for a player to kind of really step up. We went for Kittle to step up. We went for Ayuk to have a big game. And Ayuk's been great lately, but a, but a huge game. In a game like McCaffrey had today, that was a star, a star in the NFL just having a day. And it was great to see. 
He obviously throws a 34-yard touchdown pass. He has 18 carries for 94 yards and score and eight catches for 55 yards and a score. So he had 26 touches, 149 yards, not counting the pass, and three total touchdowns, including the touchdown pass. It was just a day for he's a star. He played like a star. And without him, it's probably a different game. So I tweeted this, and it may seem, oh, Al, you're being dramatic. That trade may have saved this team season. When you go into moving forward and just how they're going to have to play teams and how they're going to have to score, having that guy do what he did, if that continues, and once you put Debo back in the mix, it might have saved the season to me. I just want to point this out, and then, Zane, I'll I'll give the floor just to, again, kind of piggyback on what you were talking about. Uh, Jennifer Lee Chan tweeted this out uh, 44 minutes ago. Uh, McCaffrey's 183 all-purpose yards, which includes the the passing, the, the yards he got on the throw. Uh, accounted for 49.7% of the 49ers, 368 total yards. So quite literally, he accounted for 50% of the offense that they created in this game. And that's just unreal. That's fantastic. I think that like, you know, when you make that trade and when you bring a guy of that caliber on your team, this is what you expect, right? You expect that he's going to have this effect on your offense. It It seemed to open everything else up. Every time he touched the ball, he was gaining five yards, right? There was a couple of exceptions where he took a draw play and took a loss or took a gain of one or two yards, but you have to account for him. There was one throw that Jimmy had up the scene to Kittle where McCaffrey just ran an angle route just underneath and cleared out like the entire middle of the field for Kittle. It was in the second half. And it was just that stuff, like that stuff only happens when you have a Christian McCaffrey on your team. And the fact that they did it without Debo, like you mentioned, I mean, it just, just goes to show you that when you have blue chip players on your team, you can use them in ways that can affect the game, like in multiple types of ways, right? Like whether you want to motion them out, whether you want to actually give them the ball, the defense will have to account for them no matter what. And I mean, like, you know, is this, is this sustainable to you guys? I'm going to open up to you. Like, do you think this is actually sustainable? Like the way that you, they use Christian McCaffrey today, or do you think that like, like that Saints game, it was like just like a one game thing and they'll just kind of go back to their normal sort of, whatever normal was after the bye week. Well, that's the big question, right? And that's what we've been critical of is the inconsistencies and in, in the way Kyle's kind of maybe deployed some of these weapons that he has. And when you see what McCaffrey did today and, and when Debo does come back how with Kittle and with Ayuk, how, how do you stop that? Um, there's really not an excuse for this team not to come out and put up 30, you know, 28, 30 points a game now with it. With it. And I don't know if it's going to be sustainable. We'll, we'll see because this team has been, consistently inconsistent so i'm not going too crazy after this win it was a great win and like you said brian i think the fact that they made adjustments especially on the defensive end it was like whoa like yeah you guys did kind of everything right today but i still got to see more man like i said last time i'm I'm not going to go too crazy over this we'll see how they come out after the bye we'll see if they can get a few wins together we'll see if they can be consistent but one more thing on the mccaffrey day he's the first player since Ladanian tomlinson in 2005 to catch, throw four, and rush for a touchdown in the same game. And only the third to do it, and that three is Walter Payton, LaDainian Tomlinson, and Christian McCaffrey. Pretty good company. Pretty good good company, yeah. Yeah. Um, To answer your question, Zane, obviously this is not sustainable in that Christian McCaffrey cannot account for 50% of your total yards game in and game out. That obviously is is unsustainable. But this was – this was very, very reminiscent of a handful of Debo games last year, right? Where mm-hmm. it was a must-win situation, and Kyle Shanahan looked at Debo and said, put this team on your back, and Debo did, and he did it multiple games. This was 
one game for Christian McCaffrey. I'd argue there's at least three uh, last year that that Debo did it in route to that historically good uh, performance from him last year. But the other thing is, like you said, Al, there are too many weapons on this team for there to be a situation like this where a player accounts for 50% of your total yards. If you've got an offense that can put Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, and Kyle Juszczyk, Ross Dwelly, whatever, whoever you want, who else, whoever else you want to put out there. If that's who you're trotting out game in and game out, no excuses. And, and, and I, I said this, you know, I, I said this when the, when the trade happened, whether he meant to or not, Kyle Shanahan left himself with no excuses now by making this trade, right? He's just, 100%. there are no, no more excuses, no more excuses for poor offensive performances. Um, no more excuses for, you know, stagnant second halves. There's just none. And today looked great. It really did. Phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Will not, uh, will not. And, and, and you know who else looked really good to Jimmy Garoppolo, who had at least two, uh, should be interceptions that were dropped. Hey, that's going to happen. Right. But outside of that, that throw to McCaffrey, uh, for the touchdown, beautiful throw, great throw through with anticipation, saw him as his outlet, right. Which is another actually, uh, probably benefit that we didn't talk about enough with Christian McCaffrey is McCaffrey gives uh, Garoppolo a, a a viable outlet when when a play breaks down, which the rest of the running back room hasn't really given him or, or really ever given him. There has never been a receiving back the caliber of Christian McCaffrey since uh, you know since since Shanahan has been here. I mean, you could argue Coleman, Tevin Coleman is a good receiving back, but he wasn't featured that much like that. Yeah. So there was that, uh, somebody in the chat said the throw to Kittle was better. You know, I said the same thing, uh, to my buddy, Tim, uh, Tim was a, a, a collegiate level quarterback. So he's played the position. The one thing he pointed out was, uh, Jimmy, when he threw that ball, to Kittle did not account for Taylor Rapp who had started to, uh, get depth and, 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 and get back towards Kittle. The, the throw made it, but just barely over his hand. You could argue it was ill-timed. I thought that he, I thought that rap didn't really start to, to creep back until Jimmy cocked the throw. So it, it, it felt like it was, it was the right decision. I'm not going to say it wasn't, uh, but there have been a lot of times where Jimmy would have thrown an interception on that. So you got to give him kudos. So yeah, the throw to Kittle. Great. The throw to McCaffrey for the touchdown great um you know only a handful of of plays this uh this game where you're like ah, yikes that's that's not great uh but again props to the offense for coming out and putting up 21 points in the second half and outscoring their their scoring average by 11 points right they've been coming in averaging about 20 points a game yep. and you know they put up 31 there were no defensive touchdowns or special teams touchdowns this was 31 points from the offense mm -hmm. and you got to give them you got to give them flowers for that. 
Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, I think so. Basically, this is like the what the the version of the Niners that everybody hoped to see starting the year, right? Like Super Bowl contending 49ers, they made very few mistakes. The beginning of the game on defense started off a little shaky. They took some penalties down by the goal line. They allowed long sustaining drives, but I think it's more so like that's just a function of injuries right now with that unit. I think that once they'll be a very different looking unit after the buy, after, after they get his bodies back. But, you know, it, it started out very much looking like, you know, the championship game last year where, you know, the Rams, and the Niners, they were just going back and forth. Rams got on top. Niners were kind of fighting back. And, and especially with the the uh, the way that they kind of went ahead 17-14, I was like, uh-oh. I was like, are we going to get a repeat of <laughs> what happened last year? They went up, and then they eventually, eventually went up by 10 points. And uh, I was like, well, Kyle and 10-point leads, right, in the fourth quarter. And, and they ended up not even needing that. So, I don't know, guys. It was just like, I, I know that we could say a lot, but it was just nice to win. It's nice. Like, it's been a while since they won. It's been three weeks since we've been able to talk about this team in a positive light. And it's nice to be able to do that. But I mean, like I'm with Al, like it's just so hard to know what you're going to get from them week in, week, week out. If you got them from this every single week, this is a, this is like a, a shoe in for a championship caliber team. Like this is like, you put them in the Super Bowl in February because they are so good when they are on, they are so, they are so good, but their issue is, is from week to week, they can't bring it. So it's going to be interesting to see now. I'm almost sad that the buy is coming oh you broke up there a little bit zane well but i'm also happy they'll be getting um, i'm also happy that, that they'll be getting guys back from the bye yeah yeah i mean it's good it's a decent we're halfway through the season you know it's a pretty good time to rest up and, and maybe hopefully get debo healthy but yeah early in that game i i was a little i was starting to get pissed i was like here we go again <laughs> you know especially in that first drive when you had the two penalties and i'm like here we go with undiscipl- disciplined football in those two back-to-back drives, the Rams put two long drives together, and then you have Oren Burks on cup, and you're like, what are you doing? But then they adjusted. They adjusted in the second half. The defense dominated. The Rams couldn't do anything. 
Cup didn't have a catch until the end. And I want to talk about stupid coach decisions later too, by the way. Um, remind me about what the Rams did at the end of that game. But he didn't have a, a catch until the very last play of the game that was garbage time. So they did a good job getting him out of, out of, the, out of there in the second half. They were putting pressure on Stafford, which they didn't do in the first half. And the, and the Rams looked lost. And when the Niners are like that, when the defense is doing that, they're, they're, they're a dangerous team. So credit to D'Amico Ryans, who, who took some heat last week. And he was taking heat in the first half this week, too. And he made the correct adjustments. Not having Greenlaw out there was big. They're going to miss Mosley the whole season. Not having Armstead is huge, especially for the defending the run. And he made the right adjustments. And look, only 14 points against any NFL team is good. So So kudos to them for that. Yeah, and and the the defense, you know, especially in the second half, was so dominant and so uh, suffocating to the Rams' offense that you get a, a sign of life first down to Allen Robinson, and he immediately gets that uh, unsportsmanlike conduct penalty uh, by getting in the face of Hufunga, who quite literally didn't say anything, didn't do anything. He was just getting up from from the tackle. And Robinson gets in his face and signals the first down, and then all of a sudden you get that penalty. And while that he is a ticket, the ball, I think he tried. I think that's why Robinson got pissed. Funga tried to yank the ball when he was on the ground. I think that's why he got pissed. Sure, but uh, the, wow. the you know you know the rules. Like uh, again, everybody knows the rules, right? If you direct taunting at a player, you're going to get flagged, and there's a ref right there. And and part of that is just being frustrated by the fact that you haven't been able to move the ball at all in the second half. You know, at one point there was a, a graphic on the screen that uh, Stafford was two of eight for like less than 20 yards uh, well into the fourth quarter uh, mm-hmm. of that game. And so, yeah, like you said, kudos to D'Amico Ryans for for making some adjustments because, you know, they really did. They really did get. I'm not going to say get their ass handed to them, but the the Rams were the aggressor in the first half. Uh, they had that really long uh, drive, that 17 play drive for a touchdown, which ate, I think, almost 10 minutes off the clock in the first half. And you're just like, man, like you can't you can't afford to continue to have those. And that was the one thing that this defense was was has been for the most part uh, all season has been good at limiting explosive plays. And the Rams still didn't have any explosive plays. Uh, they had that play to Higby in the second half that likely should have been a touchdown if Higby could have held on to it. You know, Stafford did throw it slightly behind him, but he still got both hands on it. Great play design. Uh, and at the very least, he would have been into Fortner's territory. But, you know, the, the it, it felt like there were some missed tackles in the first half, and, and, and it seems like they cleaned that up a little bit. And it, it also just felt like Fred Warner and the and the defense came out in the second half and said, you know, we're not, we're not going to allow this to happen anymore. Um, you know, this quick game isn't gonna, isn't gonna be the thing that, that gets us. And so, yeah, I mean, we, we talk all the time about a lack of adjustment and, and the fact that they made it, uh, I thought was huge. And, and, and one of the things that I took away, the other thing that I really like to see, and we talked about this, we talked about the special teams ranking, uh, on our, on our last episode, uh, that they were currently 26th in DVOA. And a lot of that had to do with, uh, kickoff coverage, and then the one blocked field goal that they had, which carries a lot of weight, whatever, regardless. I, I really loved seeing them uh, kick touchbacks today. Like, hey, great job. Way to, way to adjust. Way to recognize that you're not, your kickoff is, your coverage is poor. So let's go ahead and just kick it through the end zone and and live to see another day. So I like that adjustment as well. So two two great signs for me. 
You guys concerned at all about the two McCaffrey fumbles? I mean, hey, Ray Ray actually caught something, right? He caught the McCaffrey fumble. <laughs> I can't believe he hung out onto that ball. Yeah. But well. I mean, yeah, yeah, that was, that was up. what I found. Yeah, you guys. Yeah, there were a couple that? things. McCaffrey had those those. Well, I, they called the first one incomplete, and then he had the one that bounced up in the air and laid in Ray Ray's hands, and then Jimmy had a couple Jimmy moments. It's part of the, and that's and that's, but it's funny to say that Zane because that's true. Like where this team frustrate you with the inconsistencies in the undisciplined play right so in there i think in their four losses they have 11 turnovers and in their four wins they have one i'm pretty sure that's what it is um so again this game they don't commit any turnovers they almost do but they don't and they win and that's that's the key to them so am i concerned about it not i don't necessarily i'm concerned with mccaffrey just as the team with the whole yeah because they're inconsistent so i'm definitely definitely concerned that they need to be more consistent moving forward and that stuff can still pop up moving forward because when this team loses it's generally because they shoot themselves in the foot so until they can prove to me that they aren't going to do that for an extended period of time i'm always going to kind of have it in the back of my head like when's the other shoe going to drop you know again this is great celebrate this win it's a good feeling going into the bye playing a talented but banged up chargers team when you get out of there but uh, I'm not buying anything. I'm not buying. You talk to me in about a month and see where we are, and then I'll t- I'll tell you what I'm buying at that point. I think that's fair, and you know, it's it's hard to say because like it's only Christian McCaffrey's second week. The the buy I think will be the big install if you want to call it like for the playbook, and and I think that he'll probably get more of a load after the buy. Like we saw Jeff Wilson Jr. start the game, and and they kind of platoon mm-hmm. there. I think we'll we'll see Christian McCaffrey get the lion's share of carries after the buy, but. Um, I do want to really quickly discuss everybody's favorite topic, quarterback, because we have to. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, he he was pretty good today. Had a couple of Jimmy moments, like you said, Al. Um, the dime to McCaffrey, the dime to Kittle, um, and the dime to Dwelly as well. I mean, he was wide open. There's nobody around him. But, you know, if he plays this type of football, this brand of football, it the team will go a really long way because he's not turning it over. He's moving the chains. He's getting the ball in the hands of playmakers. McCaffrey had eight catches today, right? And that's one thing that has been missing for a long time from a, from a 49ers offense is the running back's ability to catch catch the ball and run with it. And they're supplementing these running plays by just dumping it off to the running backs, right? And I, and I love that because those are essentially free yards, right? Like d- defenders will will just give up checkdowns all day in, in fear of giving up something bigger, right? So what they did today, I think, I hope, and I think, is going to be a blueprint for what you what you see in the future with getting Christian McCaffrey the ball. It just as a safety outlet, and it's something that I've wanted Kyle to do in his offense like for forever, but they just have never really had a guy that has been able to handle the ball like this, uh, at least catching the ball out of the backfield. So this, I think, will add a different element into uh, the quarterback play and just having an outlet and a safety outlet. And I hope those interception numbers will come down. From what they have been they've already they're already down this year as as they were but i think that you know the emergence of christian mccaffrey you know in, on this offense as a, as a real piece as you saw today is only going to help the quarterbacks both jimmy and trey next year right going forward yeah jimmy jimmy to me he played really well today i, I thought i thought he had a terrific game overall the throw to kittle i i, I don't you mentioned Brian, maybe he threw a little bit later or whatever, but like, I, I thought that was one of the better throws I've seen him make. Like Jimmy doesn't usually make a throw where he drops it over a defender, you know, in the back of the end zone like that. Um, the throw he made to McCaffrey, like you talked about earlier for the touchdown too, there was pressure. He kind of steps up and it looked to me, I mean, I don't know what the play was, but it looked to me like McCaffrey was just supposed to go out in the flat on that play. And he was there and he sees the pressure and he runs towards the end zone and Jimmy puts the ball up, makes a good throw on him. And um, McCaffrey makes a great catch going down. So, 
I, w- I was happy with Jimmy today, but again, we've seen this. We've seen Jimmy play pretty well. And then we've seen Jimmy come out and shit the bed or Jimmy come out and make a really bad turnover. So I'm thrilled he had a good game. Talk to me in a month. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The farmer's dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And even yeah. then, we kind of know what Grappolo is. But the good thing was for Jimmy is he has so many weapons now. He just has to play point guard. That's all he's got to do. Just right. distribute, distribute, distribute. You don't, you don't, he doesn't have to, he shouldn't have to win the game with that many pieces around him. At least not most weeks. There should be enough for him. The defense should typically be good enough. And there's enough pieces around him where I think he can just kind of play point guard and don't screw it up. A hundred percent, you know, and, and uh, uh, Zane, Zane is on dad duty. He had to, he had to drop out. So it'll just be Al and I the, the rest of the way, but you know, the, the interesting thing and, and <clears throat> Zane said this, you know, about, about the buy and, and, you know, we'll see, there will probably be a little bit more install uh, when it comes to adding Christian McCaffrey to, to the offense over the, the other thing that I thought was interesting this week, is, you know, one of the things that I haven't been able to really wrap my brain around is this idea that the 49ers spent an entire offseason crafting an offense for Trey Lance. And then with Trey Lance going down and Jimmy Garoppolo coming in, it's been a difficult transition from that offense to you know, an offense that is more suited for Jimmy Garoppolo. And I've always, I've always, like I said, but not been able to really wrap my head around that idea because one, are you telling me that you fundamentally changed your offense so much with Trey Lance that uh, a lot of what you wanted to do, Jimmy Garoppolo is incapable of doing? I, I think maybe I could buy that, right? But I also don't, by the idea of Kyle Shanahan fundamentally altering his offense 
for a quarterback that he drafted because he felt like he fit his offense well enough and added just that little extra dynamic of of running that it just really kind of unlocked more of his offense as opposed to needing to fundamentally alter it. And then the other thing was Jimmy Garoppolo has been QB one for this team for the past four seasons. Like how is it that difficult to transition back to calling plays for that guy, even though you didn't anticipate doing it, um, you know, it didn't anticipate doing it then. But somebody asked Kyle Shanahan that question this week. Uh, and he basically said, yeah, it's been a really tough transition. And I was trying to find, uh, I was trying to find the the quotes. It came from one of his, one of his um, press availabilities this week. And I couldn't, I couldn't find it while we were talking here, but the interesting thing is, well, if it's been that difficult, I'm what I'm wondering is if we, if we see coming out of the bye, just a really different offense in the second half of the season moving forward. Cause they get that extra week to kind of install some of, I guess what they used to right? because, you know, part of what he said was, you know, blocking assignments, things like that. It's all different when you go from a, a quarterback who can extend the play with his legs versus a quarterback who essentially, if the play breaks down in the pocket, it's it's either going to be a turnover or, or an incomplete pass. Um, and so that's going to be interesting to see. But, you know, I, I think this team desperately needed, they desperately needed this momentum going into the bye because if they went into this game and lost and went into the bye at three and five, even though that's where they were last year, it it would just feel different than last year, right? It would just oh, yeah. feel different. And it would feel different because this team is better than the team last year. It, 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 there's just so much more talent on both sides of the ball. Not that the team wasn't talented last year, but you know, you've got, You've got Mooney Ward on, on the other side when you didn't have a shutdown corner before. You've got uh, you know, you've got these extra pieces at edge rusher on the defense. You've got on offense, you've got another uh year of Brandon Ayuk, you've got now Christian McCaffrey, you've got, you know, you've got all of these pieces that 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 genuinely make you better. And to be at the same spot, I think would have been really defeating to to a lot of players in that locker room because whether they should be reading the press clippings or not, I guarantee that squad thinks that they should be in the Super Bowl this year. Oh, and rightfully so. They absolutely should. They yeah. they should feel that way, especially when you look at the landscape of the NFC. You know, we talked about we talked about the Giants, you know, at six and one. They lost today to the Seahawks. Seahawks still have first place in the NFC West, which mm -hmm. is yikes. But again, the 49ers three and oh in the nfc west they've got three games left yeah um and so you know i'm i'm not i'm not i'm not really super worried about about the seahawks but geno smith is playing incredibly well p carroll has that team overachieving you know we'll see how things go for them down the stretch but yeah kenneth walker he, is gonna be kenneth walker game. yeah he's he looks player. like the real deal he looks, yeah yeah he uh yeah he he i'm not gonna say he's the second coming of of, of beast mode but He's, he looks pretty damn good. So yeah, he, he stays um, healthy. He's going to be a good for a long Yeah, time. their whole their whole draft class they hit an absolute home oh, run. Yep, yep. You know, with two two rookie tackles who are playing incredibly well. 
You've got Kenneth Walker. You've got two uh, two late round uh, corners that you're starting, right? That are playing well. Like they just they they're having a hell of a, a run right now. But you look at this this NFC, and you got to think as you look around that locker room, you got to look at the the rest and go, who's better than us? Who legitimately who is better than who has more talent? Who has more talent in their locker room than us? And I. I don't know that there is a team in the NFC that does. You could argue the the Eagles. The Eagles look the Eagles. pretty good, and, and Hurts yeah. is playing really well. Um, you know, and the Eagles have the same kind of defensive line the 49ers do, but hundred percent, yeah, but a better offensive line, arguably. Yeah, so, that's the thing with the Eagles. The Eagles are really good in the trenches, yeah. And, yeah. and the Eagles got some serious playmakers, and the quarterbacks playing well. The Eagles, to me, right now, are the class of the NFC for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. I like I like Dallas. I think more than Dallas some looked people good. do. Dallas looked I good just today. think. I just think when they're really, really hitting in all cylinders, they could be a dangerous team. And I know Dallas has been disappointment after disappointment every season. And I don't love McCarthy as a head coach, but they have a couple studs on that defense. You know, Michael Parsons is a, is a game changer. Um, mm-hmm. Dak looked pretty good today. They have weapons when everything gets going. I like, you know, they have Gallup. I, I think Dallas is tough. Um, it's hard. It's hard for me. I don't, I'm not afraid of the Packers. I'm not ever afraid of the Packers. How many times do we have to see the same story with them? even if they do get it together this year, I'll always be afraid of the bucks just because they, I know they look awful right now, but Tom Brady's Tom Brady and they do have weapons and the mm-hmm. defense is good. I don't buy Minnesota. So yeah, I mean, the Niners can really Philly's the only team that I would be like, eh, you know, they might get steamrolled by them, but the division's going to be interesting to me. It really is. I think yeah. the Cardinals kind of garbage. I think the Rams are garbage, but I can see Seattle sticking around and winning 10 games. I can. So sure. the Niners have to take care of their business on their end too, and they have to do it. They're they're talented enough to do it. If you told if you told me Brian, the Niners finished. What are they? Four loss. If they finished twelve and five, I'd be like, I wouldn't be surprised. If you told me they finished ten and seven, I wouldn't be surprised. But you told me nine and eight, I wouldn't be surprised. I have no idea with this team. None. Absolutely none. But um, yeah. w- one thing you mentioned too, like with in terms of the expectations, like yeah, you just made a huge trade for one of the. At the running back position, top three difference maker, you know, he's he's unbelievable when he's healthy. So, yeah, you're going for it. And you have guys like Kittle and Williams. They don't have that long left. They really don't. A couple years, you know, the way Kittle plays, that he's going to be able to play at this level. Well, if you get two or three good more years out of him, you know, elite years out of him, you're happy. Yeah. They have to win now. This is a win now team. So I agree with that for sure. And you also mentioned Brandon Ayuk. He is really coming into his own. His mm-hmm. last three games, Brian, 11 targets, eight catches, 83 yards, two touchdowns. 11 targets, seven catches, 82 yards, no touchdowns. And today, or uh, we're recording this on a Sunday, obviously. So in week eight, six catch, six targets, six catches. He caught all his targets, 81 yards in the score that he caught from McCaffrey. Yeah. And he looks, he looks like he's getting open. He looks fast. He looks reliable. He looks like he's really coming along as that he can be like a 1A type guy. Again, when you add him with Kittle and Debo and McCaffrey, how don't you score 30 points a game? Right. How don't you do it? Right. And that's, you know, so it's, yeah. It's that's exciting. The, that's the thing, yeah. It's it's exciting, and we'll see again. Talk to me in a month. But today was a good sign anyway, and we'll see what happens moving forward. Yeah, you know, honestly, what Ayuk looks like to me is the number one wide receiver, right? And And I know that we're paying Debo a ton of money, and I get that. But you look at Debo and you go, ah, 
Debo is an offensive weapon. And I know that sounds ridiculous to say, but that is the value that he brings to this team. Mm -hmm. He brings this idea of positionless football, which Christian McCaffrey also brings. So now all of a sudden you've got, you've got a a movable chess piece in Debo Samuel. And and then you add a second one in Christian McCaffrey and you create all kinds of hell for, for opposing defensive. There's no telling where either one of those guys is going to line up and wherever they line up, they are elite right at that, at that spot you know even when you even even when you send christian mccaffrey out wide he's an elite pass catcher like he just is he's an elite pass catcher his only problem is he's short i i honestly i don't know how his dad is his dad was like six over six feet tall right it's crazy to me pretty sure it's yeah it's crazy to me that that christian doesn't even tip the scales at six foot but regardless he's he's elite there right and then even if you bring Debo into the backfield, he has proven to be elite there as well. So now you've, like I said, you've got these two movable chess pieces and then you've got Brandon Ayuk, who is a true like number one wide receiver. He runs phenomenal routes. He's got those long arms. He, uh, he, his hands are good, right? He's got some drops, but he catches the majority of the balls that come his way. Uh, he's shifty with the ball in his hands. He's great after the catch. You know, he is all of these things. And so, you know, honestly, I think, I think he is, you know, he is the X receiver in this, in this offense. And then McCaffrey and Debo are kind of interchangeable wherever you want them on the, uh, within the, the formation. And so, you know, it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, they're going to, you know, they're going to give him his fifth year option. That will be a decision they have to make at the end of this year. I would hope so. Not hard to not hard to not hard to see them doing that. It'll be interesting to see if they try and sign him long term with the kind of money that they're paying Debo, the kind of money that they're paying Kittle. Right. Uh, the kind of money that they're paying um, McCaffrey, although I think McCaffrey will will restructure after this year uh, because only a million of that contract is guaranteed. And so it. It really anyway, because, you know, they would turn that into signing bonus and it would lower cap hits for the 49. Like it would just it works for both sides. Um, And so I I would expect that. And then again, you know, you're going to be given Nick Bosa probably north of 30 million dollars a year. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you've got all of these things that are happening. So uh, it'll be interesting to see from a roster building perspective if Ayuk remains a 49er long term or, you know, do they look to maybe flip him for you know, for, for, to recoup some, some draft capital. I hope not. Yeah. I hope not because there's no one else on this roster that could, that could take over for what, you know, what he provides them, but. And he's the type of dude. Yeah. And you look at like a Christian Kirk, for example, like yeah, got paid a ton. Ayuk may not be a guy. And I don't know if he's known nationally. He's probably not somebody that I don't know. People play like fantasy football that people would think like, Oh, he's a legit receiver, but but he is, and I think if he ever hit the open market, you would see that. I think he would get paid. Sure. And I think he, I think he probably knows that. Like, if you put him on a team, like, my God, like, imagine if, if he was on, like, the Chiefs or something, you know, he would put up big numbers <laughs> yeah. or a more yeah. pass-heavy team. He really would put up really, really serious numbers, I think. He's doing it this year. You know, he's probably, if he stays in this tra- trajectory, going to be about 80 catches, 1,000 yards, you know, maybe eight or nine touchdowns. And when you consider all – the mouths this team has to feed. That's, that's really good. And I think he can go to another team and, and be a 90, hundred catch guy. And, and I think he's that, I, I think oh, he's 100%. that good. I really do. 100%. So I think he's going to get 
paid somewhere. And it, it is interesting. They should, they should pick up his option and then kind of see where you go from there. So what is that? Two years? Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe they move on from Kittle, you know, maybe they find money elsewhere if Debo breaks out or I'm sorry, if Ayuk breaks out. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see, but it's a good problem to have right now. But again, they have. Oh, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Brian, we talk about like all these people like, oh, they're they're so good. This is a good problem to have. They got to put it together on the field. They're still four and four at the end of the day, dude. Right. There's no reason this game should be four and four. Right. Right. I mean, you should, you know, you're playing the Falcons and the Bears. You shouldn't be four and four. You lose to the Chiefs. Great. I I thought Denver might have been a loss anyway, even though Denver sucks. But like, we didn't know that. Fine you got to be better than, than four and four. And, and in the second half of the season, they have to play that way. Yeah. I, at the beginning of the season, I predicted six and two going into the bye, And then they, you know, and they lost two of the games that I anticipated that they would win, which was the bears and the Falcons. Yeah. Um, you know, I, yeah. I, I thought that they would, I think uh, I picked them to lose to the chiefs. And I think I picked them to, I, I believe I picked them to lose to the Broncos again, pre, preseason starting right right so it's really those two losses those two losses to the bears and falcons which are really inexcusable but uh but let's also say the nfc south leading atlanta falcons (laughs) isn't that crazy (laughs) they yeah they beat the yeah that by the way the end of that panthers game yikes dj Moore, my man before before we go i want to talk about stupid coaching decisions oh yeah yes because you know i'm watching all the games and like i just so the first, the first one I want to talk about is this Rams thing. So they clearly were, they were folding up and going home at the end of the game. Two minutes left, they're running the football. You're down 31 to 14. Why in God's name on the last play of the game would you throw a screen pass to Cooper Cup? Why? And he got hurt. And we, I don't think he yeah, seriously yeah. hurt. Got his ankle rolled up. Yeah, I hope not because he's on my fantasy team. But <laughs> one of my fantasy teams. But. That's the dumbest thing in the world. If you're punting there and you have no, you have zero chance to come back. Why is your best player even on the field? Just stupid. And the other thing I saw today was the Colts. The Colts started um, Sam Ellinger, right? They benched mm-hmm. Matt Ryan. Mm-hmm. Ellinger comes in. He's young. He can move. So the Colts, you know, they played pretty crappy on offense, but they were in a really good spot to win the game. And at this point, I think it was six to six. And they do a little shovel pass to Pittman, and he's tackled on the. It was like the one inch line. Like he was just barely in. So again, you have this mobile quarterback, right? Just sneak the ball, man. Just get it and, and fall forward. If he doesn't get it, just do it again. They right. run a shotgun run and lose two yards and kick a field goal and they end up losing the game. The defense blew it at the end, but still, you should have never been in that position. Frank Reich is a moron. I think he's one of the most overrated coaches in the league. He just makes stupid decisions week after week. You just see these coaches like yeah. it's so infuriating if they just do if they don't try not to outsmart themselves. I just miss good old fashioned football. The go- the balls on the one yard line or the half yard line, just sneak it in. Just score. Why are you in a shotgun or doing just sneak sneak the ball in? You're gonna score. Uh, this is infuriating watching some of these games. I was gonna say Kyle Shanahan called a QB sneak on it was third and one, but really it was like third and one point nine, right? That was the longest one yard I've ever seen in my life. And they nailed it, right? Because that's Jimmy Garoppolo's elite at quarterback sneaks. But great sneaker. Yeah. <laughs> but uh sneaker. but yeah, the other thing, the other thing that you know, speaking of of coaching decisions, uh again, why is Christian McCaffrey continuing to get handoffs when the game is 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 essentially over? Why are yeah, you so running him into the line? Yep. Um why? I don't why it's why you have Ty Davis Price, you've got yeah, let's get or Jeff Wilson Jr. Shoot, give Jeff Jeff Wilson Jr. the ball, right? Like Right. Get Christian McCaffrey out of the game. And then on the defensive side of the ball, 
let's get Mooney Ward out of the game, right? He's still ailing a little bit. Like, there's some things where I'm like, eh, come on, guys. Like, I know that as fans, you know, we are not football coaches, and, and football coaches say, like, you know, football players play football, right? And I get that. But there's something about for for a for a for a coach like Kyle Shanahan who has risk who is as risk averse as he is mm-hmm. to continue to see some of these decisions about players being in when the game is you know over essentially it just kind of baffles me a little bit but but yeah no I agree with you I I'm shoot I think Frank Wright could lose his job at the end of this season because they have been oh, horrendous they have been absolutely they are uh time so yeah that's. That's tough, but you know this is a, a 49ers podcast, so um, you, I think we've done our fair share of uh, trying to hold Kyle Shanahan accountable. And to end the show, I just want to say kudos to Kyle, kudos to D'Amico. This was a well-coached game. There were some aspects of it that you know I was a little passive-aggressive on the timeline, especially in the first half with some of those penalties. Um, you know, this, some of the decisions that were, that were being made again, kicking that field goal. Although, you know, that, that, uh, that McCaffrey incompletion probably made going for it, you know, impossible, but, you know, I, I liked to see a little bit more aggression out of, out of Kyle. And then I liked to see, uh, D'Amico's adjustments at half. And I think it made all the difference in the world. And you ended up with a 31, 14, uh, victory over the same old sorry ass Rams. So, hey, <laughs> kudos, kudos to to Shanahan and his staff. Go under the bye, lick, you know, get healthy. I'd love to. I'm hoping Armstead is back after the bye. You know, hopefully we see Jason Verrett after the bye. Um, and 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 they're gonna go against a, a gunslinger in in Justin Herbert, and you know they're gonna have their work cut out for them. So uh, that offense is gonna have to have to come to play just like they did today. Definitely. But it's at least, hey, like I said, Brian, we'll take it. It's a good feeling, at least going into the buy, a good taste in our mouth. So Absolutely. we will take it. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. For Brian and Zane, this is Al. Later. Twenty four hundred Sports is an Odyssey company.